I am so pleased to be joined with Marit Styles so that we can have a bit of a one-on-one, a fireside chat. You're the brand new leader of the opposition at Queen's Park. So I can't wait to ask uh, some questions of you. Let's delve right into it and dig a little bit deeper so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better, more personal, and generally what you're working on to help make life better for people. Because it's tough out there. It really is. So uh, most people know you as uh, an elected official. Um, but uh, what did you do prior to getting elected? Well, actually, right before I got elected as a MPP, member of provincial parliament, I was a school board trustee, which is also an elected role, but it's really different. It's really, really different. You know, I was, uh, um, but I, by the way, before that, I worked in a union. I worked uh, for the union that represents um, actors, actually performers in, 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 in Ontario, in Canada. And I was really involved with bargaining. That was mainly my focus was bargaining and collective bargaining for them. Um, but I all, but I had two kids, um, and they were young and I, they got into school and I started to realize that there were, you know, kind of issues in our public education system, which I really care about. Like, you know, I'm not, I never thought of myself as somebody who was particularly obsessed with, you know, the education system or anything like that. But when you have kids and you start to see that, you know, not everybody in our schools is, is, is doing really well right now. And, which is a lot of, um, and the teachers are exhausted and the educational assistants are exhausted and childcare workers are amazing and don't get paid well enough. And I, I just started, you know, really thinking about, you know, how we could do better. And so I became a school board trustee. I ran for that position and uh, it was really eye opening. And so that's what led me really in the end to run for, uh, to be an MPP because I knew that the fixes were at, increasingly at the provincial level, like in the provincial government where they control the purse strings. And so, you know, I, I know you and how you were political mm-hmm. before you even had kids, right? It's true. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. Me too. For sure. Me yeah. too. Yeah. And um, now as a mom, I'll say about myself, after I had kids, it's just as you described, mm-hmm. you start to notice how um, the differences and that not all children have the same opportunities. You start noticing more about the public services that we have. Um, so how did... Mahala and Lila change your perspective on on life and and on politics. Well, you know, I I always think, um, you know, what is that concept that you know Indigenous people ha- have of the seven generations, right? Like, I, you know, if there's for sure when you have kids, you start thinking about the future in a completely different way. <laughs> there's no question, and um, and so I really that really was part of it for me. But also the other thing that really struck me when I had kids was that, you know, I was always racing around. I barely felt like I could keep it together. I mean, as a working parent, both of us working people in our family and, you know, juggling everything all the time and still having, you know, good jobs, like decent jobs and still having that. Um, And then I'd look at, you know, some of the kids that went to school with my kids and realize that their families were struggling even more. And I, I just couldn't figure out how people were making getting by at all. You know, and you become really conscious of what it takes to raise a kid and also how important it is that those of us who have a chance to speak up or the power to do so that we do that. Right. Because there's so many people out there who are just struggling day to day. And I mean that like, you know, like I said, like I really felt most of the time like I was barely keeping my head above water. Right. Um, And that's the other thing. Like, I think we don't talk enough about that as parents, about how hard it is. 
about what a struggle it is, about what we all struggle with. You know, I, when I was a young parent in the early aughts, um, my, you know, there was like Martha Stewart and people were always thinking, you know, this is what I have to aspire to. I look at these people at Instagram and I think, you know, how do they like, how do they look so perfect? How did they get their hair like that when they have an infant? So I think it's really important. We talk about the reality of all this, that it is hard and that we try to be realistic about what we need to be, that we, we can't, you know, that we don't have to put unrealistic expectations on ourselves. But yeah, for sure, for me, all of those things became really real. And, you know, how have you been able to balance being a working mom, but also taking the opportunity um, to get involved and to raise your voice? And, and you've done it at such a high level. Some of our listeners here, you know, we can have stronger unions if each of us give a little bit of time, like to make the time to go to that union meeting, to make time to serve on a committee. And that's tough because it's time that's being taken away from us being with our kids. So, you know, what's your motivation and what have you done to try and and balance that so that you can fight for the better world and the better life that you want your kids to to have, like a better society for them to to grow up in and also accede into as adults? Well, I think... You know, certainly at the beginning, um, when my kids were younger, I, I brought them along, <laughs> you know, is the only way to do it. Um, you know, I didn't have any family anywhere near. In fact, my family, my parents weren't even in the country when my kids were small. They were living, living really far away. And I don't have any family actually in Ontario uh, now. And now my parents are here, but I didn't when they were growing up. And so I I relied on friends. I built a network of people that that um, that were my friends, and and we we helped each other out a lot. But you know, at the end of the day, I also I had to involve my kids. You know, my kids have to come to meetings with me. Um, you know, I got pretty good at you know setting them up with something to do, and I think I see that all the time. And I frankly, I couldn't have been involved in 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 organizations or activism or anything that wasn't friendly to my kids because that was a reality for me and my partner. There's no question. So, you know, and I, and I tried to look at that nowadays, you know, as they got older, that got harder to do. I will say they had opinions of their own uh, and you can't expect them to come along to everything um, for sure. Uh, so I also tried to be, you know, realistic. And there are times when it doesn't work, right? There are times when you just got to give yourself a bit of a break too and know that you can't do everything all the time. But even being able to carve out a little bit of time, like you said, you know, go to the occasional meeting, bring your kid with you uh, if you have to, you know, um, expose them to what it's like to have a, to, to see their mom in a role, like speaking up, oh, like they're learning a lot from that experience too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really important. That's really actually good advice. And um, I've, I've tried to do the same thing as well. Just blend <laughs> bring the kids with me uh and um yeah. and it's true they when they see us in action they also see women in action and they also see and are able to raise their own voices and know that they'll that is something that they can do later on in life the other thing though is jen that if you know if you're going to something and your union's holding some sort of a of a meeting and stuff you should say okay well where is the child care yeah will there be child care you know, is there going to be, you know, are there going to be activities that my kids can get involved in? You know, because we also should be pushing employers and others for, you know, in our unions and our, or the organizations we volunteer with to, to also, you know, to, to accommodate some of that as well. Right. Yeah. And another one is um, if it's a smaller committee in smaller kind of space, 
to t- let the right. other moms know that you're bringing your kiddo along and bring extra coloring yeah. books for everybody. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's so important. Like, because that's what I found too, is just, you know, having those people, you know, who were my friends and this, my sisters, you know, that they would show up too. And we would, we would make sure that, you know, because there's always somebody who's had a bad day, <laughs> hasn't been able to pull it all together. Right. So we got to look out for each other for sure. So let's talk about another one of your babies, which is uh, your Ontario NDP leadership campaign. What were you most proud of um, in taking on an entire leadership campaign and race? And uh, what uh, what do you look? What kind of impact do you think your your campaign is having on the party more broadly and the direction that it's headed? Well, you know, when I when I set out to do this, and and you'll know this because I reached out to a lot of people to say, you know, what's your advice? Um, what do you think are the issues that are out there, not just in the NDP, but in Ontario? Like, how can we how can we do better? And also, most importantly, like I'm in a you know, it's, I'm the leader of a political party uh, that is looking to win the next election. So, can we win? What's it going to take? And these are the kinds of questions I was I was looking at. And but I think the things I was most proud of in we well, first of all, was taking the time to listen and learn from people and try to and integrate that into what we were gonna set out as our the themes of our campaign and what we were our agenda was to go forward. And and that we always were looking not just at like how do we win this campaign, this campaign to be the leader, but it's actually like what do we do to win and defeat Doug Ford in 2026? You know, what do we do to win more for people in this province? How, no, how do we make life better? And so to focus on those big issues and the, that big question from the beginning. And so that meant that we weren't just talking about the problems and complaining about the issues that are out there, but actually talking about solutions. And for me, that's been like really critical, right? Is uh, I always say like, it's not, and somebody else said this, I can't remember who, it's not me, but it's important not to only oppose, but to propose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we really need to focus on what the solutions are because people are facing some really complicated stuff like in healthcare. You know, it's, it's you know, I don't need to point out to people in Ontario anymore that there's a crisis in healthcare. I think most people see it and experience it, right? We know it. Um the question is now, are we going to buy what Doug Ford is selling us, um, which is moving to for-profit clinics, like basically profiting off the health care of our, of our loved ones, of our, of our, in our communities. And, um, and I think it's, it's now we have to start talking about what the alternatives are because there are other solutions and actually they're better solutions. And they, and so for me, that part of, you know, this campaign was really, really important. You speak often of not being from Ontario. So listeners, her home province is Newfoundland. Uh, And so how has that shaped your view of your chosen province, Ontario? You decided to come here. You decided to raise your kids here. Um, And what are some of the biggest challenges that you think Ontario faces today? And I guess Mm -hmm. bonus question, is the government meeting those challenges that you see? So I grew up in Newfoundland and uh, in some small communities, outports just outside St. John's and, you know, grew up in a little family farm with goats and chickens and geese and things like that. And um, uh, and in Newfoundland, frankly, at that time, but, you know, even now, like it's a very different place than, you know, it's a, it's quite isolated in many respects, not 
not as isolated as some places in Canada, but still pretty out there. And so I definitely grew up feeling very different and like feeling like Toronto was a very, Toronto in particular was a very, a place very far away from me. Um, I came to Ontario to go to school, to go to university. And then um, at that time in the early 90s, there, there, the economy in Newfoundland was really suffering. Uh, we'd seen the uh, the fishery was really in a bad state. And so there just weren't a lot of jobs and opportunities there. So um, I stayed in Ontario for for jobs, you know. And, and at the time, you know, on, Ontario was a place where you could imagine really, you know, raising a family on a on a middle class or a working class salary. Uh, you could even imagine you could even buy a home. Even in Toronto, you could you could imagine doing that, and you you could do that. And there were good public schools and and access to healthcare and things. Um, and so it really seemed like uh, an, an important choice uh, to make for our future. My my partner and I. Um, so we we stayed and. I have to say, it's really things are really different now. You know, there's no question. And I, one of the first jobs I had was working, um, uh, supporting an MPP, a, a member of provincial parliament, a young steelworker from Timmins named Jill Bisson. And um, it just coincidence that I, I worked in politics way back then, actually. And I would spend a lot of time in Northern Ontario. And I started to really see, and I still do, I, I feel a real affinity for Northern communities in Northern Ontario. I, I think that um, I have a coming from Newfoundland, a, a place where, you know, you're very dependent on the resource sector and the resource economy it is a lot like um, parts of Ontario and, and particularly in the north. So I think I learned a lot about the importance of uh, in growing up in Newfoundland about, you know, a sustainability, about taking care of our environment, um, not taking it for granted. Um, the importance of have understanding that that part of our economy, though, that, you know, is, uh, is a re- built on resources. Um, and, and as I've seen things change over the years in Ontario, it's really made me feel passionately um, that we need to do better, that we need, like, that it's not normal to have, you know, a health care crisis like we have right now where emergency rooms are closed or where um, you're going to have 40 plus kids in your kid's class. Like, this is not, this is not normal in Ontario and we can do so much better. And that, we need to be able to um, to do better for Ontario families. So I feel like it's really informed a lot about who I am. And I, I uh, you know, I also don't have like some of the, you know, old connections here uh, that are some politicians do in this in the history of this province. Um, I'm certainly not an immigrant in any sense, but I, I do feel like a bit of a, a relative newcomer to the province. And um, and I love it. I love I love Ontario. I feel again. There's huge potential here, and I'm I'm excited about um, trying to do better for people here. Now, Marit, one of the things that uh, really strikes me about your leadership uh, in this new role is that you seem to see things with such clarity. Things about what's happening in Ontario, the problems that need to be addressed, and you bring so much energy and hope in a time in which we're seeing all of these different problems that we're facing as a society and as a province. And that's not unlike another great historic leader and figure uh, who in his his home province in Saskatchewan, when he became um, leader and premier of that province, they were in debt. Things didn't look good, uh, but he turned it around and not only turned it around, but also built the Medicare system that we have today in Canada. And that's Tommy Douglas. And so, Morit, I saw on Instagram that you received 
a tie, a a tie that was Tommy Douglas's, had his signature. And can you tell us a little bit more about this Tommy Douglas tie? Because there are some parallels here. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And honestly, like, I mean, I think I don't know that there's a new Democrat out there or maybe a Canadian out there, you know, for whom Tommy Douglas isn't a hero, right? He was considered like the greatest Canadian of all time. And yeah, and I think in this moment, it's it's kind of cool. I'll tell you the story in a minute, but it's kind of cool because he not only was he is he the father of Medicare, of our of our public health care system in this country, um, but he was also, like you said, he was the premier of Saskatchewan. He was a really fiscally responsible person. Um, he and but he he dreamed big and he created something that has become like really one of the the most important I don't know, programs that we have in Canada. It's something we're all so proud of that, you know, people don't go bankrupt in in Canada because they can't afford because they get sick and they can't afford healthcare, right? They don't, we don't, it's not like the United States. And 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 that's at risk right now. So it's it's so it's such an important thing. And um and also that you can you can have hope and you can dream big things and you can make them happen. <laughs> it's not impossible. I mean, goodness, during COVID, if it if it if it proved anything, it's that governments can do big things fast when they need to. And so we can do more. And I really hope people out there understand that. I really hope I can help raise people's expectations about what governments can do and and of politicians, like hold us to a higher standard. Don't just give up on us. So that's that's one of the things. And And the story of the Tommy Douglas tie is just a few uh, weeks ago, actually, I met up with um, somebody who I really admire as well, David Miller, who was the former mayor of Toronto, um, a really cool guy who does really amazing things and just really um, lovely person. And he and his his wonderful wife, Jill, had me over for dinner and were kind of giving me some advice and listening to me as I was talking about taking on this new role. And he came downstairs with this little parting gift, which is a tie that somebody gave him uh, years ago when he was first became mayor of Toronto. Uh, a, a guy showed up out of nowhere. He doesn't remember who it was and said, um, look, uh, I was years and years ago. I was uh, at an event with Tommy Douglas and they were, um, you know, auctioning off his tie or something tie. And, and I, I, I got his tie and I just think, and he said to David Miller, you know, I, I feel like David, this belongs with you. And he gave it to David. And so David said, Marit, I think, I think this tie, this tie now should follow with you because I think you're going to be the one, you know, hopefully defending our Medicare system. And anyways, it was really touching. And, uh, and what's, and the reason it came out this week was because I, I don't know what to do with Tommy Douglas's tie. I don't want to put it in a, a box and hide it away. So, and it is signed by him. So I just decided that since we were going to be in the legislature trying to, you know, get the government to reconsider really what might be the devastation, the end of Medicare, I I put the tie on my desk and some people started asking about it and that's how it came out. But yeah, it is Tommy Douglas's tie. Yeah. It's Douglas Tartan. So it's pretty cool. Thanks so much, Marit, for joining with us today. I learned so much about you. I learned so much about the vision that you have. And I know that myself and all the listeners, we wish you all the best as the new leader of the opposition. Well, thanks, Jen. It's been a, it's been a lot of really lovely uh, people saying nice things to me this week, and I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope I make you all proud. <laughs>